Movie Sucktastic is a podcast about bad movies and the people that love them. But it's more than just a podcast. It's an also an online presence. If you want to know more about Movie Sucktastic or want to become a part of Movie Sucktastic, you can find us on Facebook. You can find us on Twitter, at Movie Sucktastic. You can find our blog at boothreviews.blogspot.com. Or if you want to give your own reviews that we might use on the show, you can go to reviews.moviesucktastic.com and check out our, our own little lunch.com community for Movie Sucktastic. Check us out and become a part of the show because the only thing more fun than a bad movie is sharing it. Climb. Oh. Come on, Vic Casey. Stop them. The soldier wagons drink water. Gasoline. How far back? An hour's running. An hour's running for you or me? You. That's way too close. Come on, we gotta get out of here. She was an innocent in a savage world. He was a stranger from a distant land. Their struggle against an overwhelming evil turned into a discovery of overpowering love. Sheena. She alone has the power to save paradise. You're listening to Movie Sucktastic. everybody doing you you know you you know what you know what that ending needs that the ending of that whole opening needs some kind of like film static like that kind of thing like like, like a maybe like a countdown where it makes noise the whole way yeah that's what i'm thinking of something like Ah, that okay you need to add something like that to it hmm you're right it's a good idea i'm glad you thought i'll get get right on that (laughs) how's our uh how's our voicemail message going it's perfect. <laughs> it sure is. It sure is. Oh. 
Welcome to Movie Sucktastic, everybody. I'm Scott. That's Joey. Angry Hi. at me. And this is episode 140. Wow. You get the even numbers, don't you? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a nice round, round number. Sure. It's not, not hard to forget. And speaking of round numbers, this episode we'll be reviewing Sheena. Queen the of the Jungle. Well, I mean, that's not... Yeah, well, it, really didn't get, it didn't get that title to it. It's based on the comic book, Sheena, Queen of the Jungle, but in... I think it, uh, it, in the European countries where it was released, it was called Sheena, Queen of the Jungle. Actually, Perhaps. most countries it was, except for us, I think. And this is the 1984... Uh, Tiny sword, Roberts. Uh, well, well not, it's not Sword and Fantasy. I'm thinking of Beastmaster, which is what... Beastmaster, we, record, we uh, reviewed last episode, episode 139. Uh, yep. This uh, Sheena takes, comes, uh, doesn't take place. It comes two years after Beastmaster... Uh, which yep. didn't do well in the theater, but started gaining uh, a cult following after, like a few years after it came out. So this could be part of that, uh, as well as it's following on the tales of like uh, Conan coming out as other things like that too. Uh, also, Grace Doke had been had been a big hit, so that's another reason why they might have. Uh, I'm trying to rationalize wa- rationalize why a film like Sheena would actually be made. Well, the actual the the film Tarzan, they did a big budget. Film Tarzan that was too. Grace Doke. That's what I meant. Grace no, Doke, no, 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 no. That's the one with Christopher Lambert. They did another one before that. I thought this. I thought Grace Doke was the one just before this. Uh, actually, you know what? I want to say Grace Stoke came out the same year. I bet you do. Eighty-four, same year. Yeah. Um. But the other one, God, I can't remember the guy's name. But. It came out uh, 1981. It was one with Bo Derek. That was also the one where she's like she's in like some Clan of the, Clan of the Cave Bear. No, no, no. That that's <laughs> that's uh, Daryl Hannah. No, Bo Derek. Direct, the film was directed by John Derek, which was her husband at the time. Um, but the guy that played Tarzan was. Uh, Miles O'Keefe. Oh, God. Remember Miles O'Keefe? How much O'Keefe? Miles O'Keefe. He did a film in, in the in the 80s called um, Cartel. He did a lot of, like, B, you know, like, B films in the 80s, just, like, straight-to-video type stuff. Uh, he never gained, you know, the stardom that he thought that he was going to get from when he did Tarzan. All right, you're thinking of Tarzan the Ape Man, 1981. Yeah. Tarzan. Okay, yeah. So that that is the which came out before Beastmaster. So there's a lot of half naked people swinging around the jungle in the 80s. Well, yeah, uh, they, they, were, they were all trying to uh, capitalize on on that. He was in very work. unusual, very very unusual. Oh, and and uh, Tanya Roberts, who I did not realize until diving into this film, was a Bond girl. Oh yeah, she was in Never Say Never, right? No. Was she an octopusy? Which one was she in? No, come on. Take another guess. She's a Bond girl. Grace Jones, View to a Kill, 1985. Oh, she did it the next year. Okay. Right, just that. <coughs> well, it remember, makes sense because it, it makes sense because uh, in those like 82, 81, 82, through probably around that time, she was huge. And it was mainly because of how you know, beautiful she was, because she was a fucking awful actress. I am Sheena. And I was yeah, waiting for not, her to say, 
queen of the jungle, but it's just like she probably said, "No, no, that doesn't work. Let's let's stick with just it's like you're making decisions. Just sit there and look pretty, okay?" <laughs> Sorry. No, I I can't argue with the acting part. I mean, then again, how how do you act Awful. the role of Sheena? How do you do the role of Sheena and pull it off? You don't. There's nothing to work with here. And and her and her leading man is uh, Vic Casey, Ted the, the Moss, uh, who who whose claim to fame is uh, he was in Soap. He was the father in Blossom? Well, no, no, I'm talking about claim to fame. Uh, he was he was Soap. That's like that was his big like role. He was in that series for a long time, and then he was, he was also in, in uh, Sheena. He was yeah, he was in Sheena, and he was also in. Um, the film I always remember him for is Oh God, You Devil. Yep, that he was the rock star, the guy that sold his soul to be famous, rich and famous. Uh huh. Yep. And then and then God plays uh, gambles for his soul, which is kind of fun. Yeah. And that's really all he did uh, that was any anything worth uh, mentioning. I, I think personally. God, I saw unless, oh God. unless you can. I saw Oh God, You Devil in a movie theater. Jesus. Oh no, no, I saw it on cable. I wasn't that bad. I saw. Well, when when did that come out? Eighty three. For for some reason, I, I don't I don't know. I, I was in the movie theater a lot when I was young. I I, I almost want to say I saw Sheena in a movie theater, but I know I didn't. I know I caught that on you know uh, Cinemax a lot. Now you you know what threw me off, and I'm embarrassed. Uh, Curse of the Pink Panther. He's the lead character in Curse of the Pink Panther. Yeah, yeah. And in my head, it was he always what's in- his name. I mean, I, I remember seeing it as a kid. I haven't really gone back and revisited, but in my head, the actor. Was what's his name from Rocky Horror Picture Show? Brad. Um, oh right, right, right. Yeah, because he's got the glasses and the leisure suit. Yeah. So I, in my memory always informed me it was him, and then I I was doing the research for this, like holy shit, that was him. Now I have to go back and rewatch Curse of the Pink Panther. <laughs> Which all right, all right, let me rephrase that. I don't have to go back and watch rewatch Curse of the Pink Panther, but I just might. <laughs> uh, and I know you don't want to really count it, but he was on Blossom as the dad on that show for a long time. Yeah, that's Blossom, though. We're talking movies. Well, you mentioned Soap. That's also that's different. not a soap movie. Was a, soap was a groundbreaking television show. Blossom was a television well, show. Well, yeah. But Blossom is what branched him off into directing, too. So he did have a life after he did Sheena. He, you know, he's directed quite a bit. At least not, somebody did. Just a lot of TV. Um, but, yeah. Uh, now... The, the film starts off with uh, Sheena. Her real name in the film is Janet. Um, Damn it. And, yeah, and her parents, they're... What are they? Archaeologists uh, or, or scientists, actually? Scientists. Yeah, scientists. They're, trying scientists. To track down, they're trying to track down this revolutionary healing dirt uh, in yeah. Africa. Healing Earth. Yeah, the healing Earth. Right. <laughs> can, can, I, can, I, can I explain this? Just because I, I get a kick out of this. Uh, they're, they're visiting this, this remote African tribe because they have this earth that they can bury people in and it cures them of any illnesses they have. And so, and they've dragged their, uh, toddler daughter along with them because they're bad parents. Worst parents ever. Ever. So they go off to try to find the source of whatever gives the healing earth, air quotes, its power. They go into a cave. The, the child wanders out and, and calls for them. The mother screams and causes a uh, cave-in that kills the parents. And 
besides the fact that the child has essentially killed her parents, I <laughs> I personally feel that there can't be any more fitting death, any more. There's nothing more ironic than being crushed to death by the healing earth. <laughs> and of course, they they say it's a prophecy that the the, the blonde child. I mean, first of all, it's a pretty they, it's a pretty specific prophecy. Yeah, and let me tell you something. The second that this child even arrives, it's a girl, blonde blue eyes it's like they only realize that this is the prophecy once once she kills her parents <laughs> please i'm sure blonde ch children are wandering blonde white children probably appear in this african village on a regular basis they must because everybody here seems to speak english yeah <laughs> strange part of africa where english is the native language broken broken english is the native language no one speaks anything else yeah uh it, it, it's 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 a very specific prophecy, and I forget the whole thing uh, about uh, a, a child will appear when the cave screams, which it wasn't the cave, it was a person screaming for help. Right. You could they be didn't African even bother to go do. They could still be alive in there, but they never be, bothered to check. Yeah, you could be <laughs> from a remote African tribe and still know the difference between a mystical cave screaming and a woman screaming as a rock crushes her skull. Oh, yeah. That's, I mean, there's, there, there, there's just... Sound. She what does she call? Yeah. She calls a fucking hippopotamus, uh, what a, a water elephant, water horse. Water a water horse. or whatever. It's like yeah, just make shit up, really. Yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> I mean, it's 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 already bad enough that this kid's gonna be pretty much stupid because she's not gonna have a real education because she's hanging out with you fucking people. But uh, yeah, let's just make shit up as you go along. It's just yeah, it's what? a hippopotamus. You, you're telling me that you couldn't come up with a better name. I don't know, Water Horse is a pretty good name, I guess. Yeah, it's a, it's a great name. If it, if it looks like a horse. Sure. You know. uh, we'll get on horses in a minute. Uh, but also, when the cave-in occurs and the, the village comes running up and, and the little pale girl walks out and she starts reciting the prophecies, like, the prophecy foretold that a, a girl would emerge from the screaming cave is like, yeah, but the girl didn't emerge from there. She came with her parents. You met her parents, right? The nice people that just disappeared all of a sudden? You know where the girl <laughs> came from. You know the girl came from, like, the States. I mean, she came in a Jeep. She didn't come from the cave. She came from a Jeep. The prophecy didn't mention a Jeep, did it? But no, it's, it's, it's very, like any religion, it's very selective. And, <laughs> so yeah, so they take her on as uh, their um, shaman or... Basically, keep just, her against her will. Kidnap, so to say. Well, well <laughs> not kidnap. I mean, her parents Almost. are dead. She, let's be fair. She killed her parents, not the African tribe. I'm sure she has her. relatives somewhere in the states that she could have if, lived with. You know, if they did, maybe the relatives would have made the parents leave them, leave the girl with them. <laughs> really, you're going to go to African tribes and like dig up dirt? I mean, she can, she can go to school here. We don't, we'll, we'll watch her. No, no, no. We want uh, exposure to the world. I would say, uh, and. That probably is a, a possibility that she could have stayed behind, but the parents are just no, no, no. She's coming with us. She's got to learn this sometime because this is her future. <laughs> she's going to learn to do this stuff too, right? So and she's what is she like four? So she's not in school anyway. No, no, but still, I, even even a better reason not to drag her across the fucking uh, of African course outback. Not. Of course not. Now, worst she's... parents ever. This film, that opening makes bad parents feel better about themselves. See, we never left you to die in the African out outback. <laughs> Is there an African out? Do I sound like a complete idiot when I say African outback? It just feels right. You can say the jungle. The, the, just say the right. jungle. Just say the jungle. Okay. 
Outback is probably specifically for Australia, but the, both continents begin with an A, so I think it should work. Okay. Because it's alliteration. That's fine. It's, it's not, actually, it really, it's not, because it's an A and an O. Anyway, hmm. Sheena's not raised by animals. She's raised by the shaman. But they, they have the unnatural ability to... Uh, and there's no reason, there's no mystical reason of coming out of a, a yak womb, like in Beastmaster, to explain it. She just has the ability now, as does the shaman, to talk to the animals. Uh, but not in, not in like a Beastmaster way, where they like right. say things or communicate. She can call them, she's, pretty, she's, she's the Aquaman of the desert. What's interesting is your original connection uh, from Beastmaster to this was essentially... Uh, cruelty to animals. Cruelty to animals. Happens. And but, half naked stars, yeah. Right, but and, and the thing is, it, and Tanya it, Roberts. Well, well, yeah, but you and I forgot about the whole animal summoning, being able to talk Ooh. telepathically. That could have been the that could have been the connection right there. End of story. Yeah. No, I forgot all about that part. Yeah, uh, I'm watching it. I'm seeing her do this crap with her, uh, like that. I immediately had to make a meme out of it. But it's just like, what is that? <laughs> it's first, it's stupid. But it's second, it's like she's talking to animals. You've got to be kidding me. Talking as much as... Again, I, I like to compare it to Aquaman because she's kind of summoning them. You know? But you can't make that noise in the water. I mean, in the air, so... Uh, yeah, and and what I like most about the thing, when she communicates to the animals or summons them, she puts her fingertips to her head uh, like she's like pressing a cold compress there or something. Right. And my favorite part is when... Uh, and, and I'm jumping ahead a bit here is when the uh, the king's brother, the king's fiancé, a.k.a. the king's brother's lover, kidnap, <laughs> kidnaps her to throw her into the waterfall next to her village. Right. Uh, because shooting her would have been way too complicated. Uh, when she fires the gun in the helicopter, uh, and Sheena goes to call the flamingos to save her life, I swear to God I'm not making any of this up, uh, she actually, <laughs> like, Fakes her out. She puts her hand to her head and goes, "Oh, I have a headache from your fire stick making no noise that hurts my ears." Like, you don't have to lie. She has no idea what the hell you're doing anyway. <laughs> <laughs> it's like if you were if you were kidnapping a, a a jungle woman in your helicopter and she put her hand to her head, you'd smack it away. Said, "No calling flamingos for you. I know what <laughs> you're up to." No, no. And just that scene special effects it's all animated because that's the only thing they had back then i, I jumped ahead too much i apologize awful I had the, that terrible thing. green screen awful okay i i, yeah. I thought i thought uh and again if it happened it could have been the connection between beastmaster and this too i thought she was a fucking seagull or flamingo flamingo was just, she was gonna hop on one and fly away I completely <laughs> forgot how that scene went. I'm like, holy shit. If that happened, that could have been your connection, too, from the uh, the hawk picking up the kid and uh -huh. her flying away on a fucking flamingo. Well, it's, it's even worse because they can't have the, hel the, the flamingos flying to the helicopter blades because that would be bad. So they had the flamingos fly into the helicopter and peck everybody. Yeah. <laughs> and flamingos have those curved beaks to kind of go under, so they don't really... So they're not really good at pecking. It'd be more like just like... Kind of... Yeah, yeah they're, you, they're, you you could easily punch a flamingo. Oh, <laughs> and easily. Then, and then just I, I, okay, I, I, push I, it out of the I, helicopter. I actually recommend punching a flamingo if you get the chance. <laughs> Not only is it easy, it's fun. Yeah, yeah. And uh, but, but if you want to talk bad special effects, sir, and we want to talk cruelty to animals, but very quickly we... to to end that when the helicopter oh. crashes, they used airplane noises for it. Well, sure. 
I, just, I don't. Just I like don't. just like when the helicopter's shooting at them in the desert, you keep hearing these ricochet noises. So what the <laughs> what what part of the dirt are these bullets ricocheting off? <laughs> and not even like dull ones. Like it's like sharp ones. Like they're like it's ricocheting off of like the you know a bucket or sure. something. Um, but yeah, the, to, to sidetrack back to the talk of bad special effects and animal mm-hmm. cruelty. Uh, one of the reasons this, this film came up the first place for me when I was discussing it with Holly was that she mentioned the ho- the horse painted like a zebra. Or uh, what does she call it? A zorse? Well, no, that that's... God, I love the internet. That's why. Because we're, we're watching the film. And uh, I, I'm getting yelled at for making her watch the film. And we're discussing <laughs> the whole idea of them painting As the horse. As you should. My wife and, doesn't, and, even, doesn't even... She just knows not to watch this shit with me. She, uh, she, she, you know, she kind of. The whole implication during the film, which she said, was like, you know, they 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 couldn't use a zebra, so they had to paint a horse. And I asked her, I said, well, why can't why can't they ride a zebra? So they go, oh, they can't. I said, but do you have a reason? So I don't know. I just assumed it. So next thing you know, we're both Google phoning, uh, trying to get the answer first. <laughs> and apparently, you really you you technically can train a zebra to uh, ride. But apparently, it's it takes ten times as long and is considered an extreme waste of time. And they also have uh, weaker vertebra, and they tend to kick people off and stomp them and trample oh. them when they try to ride them. So, Tanya Roberts, you know, reasonably would not be the kind of person you'd put on a zebra. And they do actually, uh, some people do crossbreed zebras with horses so you can ride them, and those are called zorses. It's an actual thing. Really? <laughs> yeah, and that's. And I, I said, you know what? I would, if I had the, the means, I would own a Zorse just so I could say it. <laughs> and that's where we uh, keep the Zorse. The what? The Zorse. You don't you've know about had, the Zorse. You you've never ridden rid a Zor, ridden a Zorse. I mean, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. So apparently it's it's impossible. Well, apparently it's also impossible to use African animals in Africa. They had to import to Africa. Like, That's right. So I read it was just one of the largest uh, or imports to Africa of African animals. Yeah. <laughs> and and on export. set, they were having so many problems with wild animals coming on the set to try and attack tame animals. They well, had to actually, the, like, it was more trainer yeah, problems. I mean, and yeah. Well, let's be fair, not just attack the animals, but if you're shooting anywhere in Africa, animals in Africa... Uh, especially like out in the desert or in the jungle, they tend to have the run of the place. They don't understand what a close set is, so this, <laughs> they'll just kind of like, "All right, now we're here." Yeah, they don't, they don't know. Uh, yes, yeah, so they had to import all these animals, and apparently they had to paint the. And, and the, the 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 worst part about the zebra painting job is that it's so bad. Well, yeah. I mean, it's because because it, the lines are so distinct, and when it gets down to like the arm where the lines meet, it's like you could tell someone without any real someone who had never painted a zebra before was told to paint a zebra says well i guess the lines and they probably looked at pictures right <laughs> it's the lines yeah. go here and they go here and there's like they're all solid lines there's no there's not one like there's there's no distinction between black and white it's just solid lines it's, it's like a crosswalk I wonder uh because she yes. she wrote she she wrote that zebra quite a bit in the film I wonder how how often of course We'll we'll call it a zebra for the movie because that's no, what it's we'll supposed call to be. It a horse. <laughs> we'll call it a horse. Thank you very much. I wonder how 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 often she's cleaning up her crotch full of black paint. 
Oh, easy there. Come on. What? It was, was, how, did I, I go too I was, far? I was just thinking of <laughs> chafing myself. I was a little less worried about chafing. I mean, they're no, using no. probably ink that killed the goddamn horse. Like, it, they killed the tiger in, in I'm Beastmaster. I'm, I'm sure that the horse didn't die. I mean, horse. it's not like, eh. I'm, I'm, I never heard any horror stories about the horse. Uh, I wonder if the paint washed off, though. I don't think it did. Maybe not. Um, they also had the elephant. And then they had the two monkeys who don't do anything. They just kind of wander around. At the end, they throw a rock, and that's it. Yeah. Other than that, well, just, the one the one kind of warns her throughout the film. Oh, some shit's happening over there. This is happening over here. Oh, here's a grenade that should blow up in my face, but I'm going to throw it anyway, and I'll give just you that. in time. I'll do a little bit, but yeah. But most of the time they're just walking hand in hand, back and forth. Yeah. Which is a waste yeah. of time because they're monkeys. They could be riding tricycles and making half, you know, in half the time. Sure. Because that's their natural habitat. Or just be uh, getting it on monkey style in the jungle. Ew. But, Anyway, what? that's what they do. Um, Saw a documentary about that last okay. night. It was pretty creepy. I, 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 I bet. I bet it was a documentary. <laughs> it was. Yeah. Uh huh. Well, I was watching it. and I learned something. So that's a documentary. <laughs> sure, that's my story, and I'm gonna uh, stick with it. Now, the the only thing more offensive than the animals in the film is, of course, uh, Africa itself it tends to be very offensive in the movie. Yeah. Uh, we have the King of Africa. Uh, and there's a plot to kill the king of Africa by the Afri uh, the king of Africa's brother. And what was his name? Jambaloni. Uh, it just sounded like a really fake name. Oh, uh, well, of course J it's a fake Jambalani. They should have just called him, you know, Lama Lama Ding Dang. I mean, it, what the fuck? King Jambalani. Well, I'm sure Jambalani. I'm sure that there probably is an African name Jambalani. I'm sure they did some research. You know, they didn't call him like King Watusi or something like that. It was they they. <laughs> Uh, and then his brother was Prince Atwani, uh, and Jabalani. they were both banging Countess Zanda. I loved her uh, high five. That was just <laughs> fantastic. <laughs> Vic Casey comes in, he high fives the king. Vic and the king's Casey! Like, yeah, he, he high fives the king, and he's like, oh, yeah. Then he introduces himself at the ki as the king, and he's immediately apologetic, because obviously you don't do that with the king. But then she comes over, and... Uh, she sticks out her hand, and he high-fives her, and she just goes, cool. <laughs> and then they walk away. <laughs> but it was the way she was like, cool. I, th I hey. think Casey's original name in the film was supposed to be Joe Bag of Donuts, but they changed it ah. to be a bit more uh, you know, non-New York-y. We'll get to the scene when it comes up. I'll, I'll put in the audio so we can listen to it. Of what? When she says "cool," because it's coming okay. up in a, in a couple of minutes, but, I'll, I'll, I'll be I'll be looking for it. So the the uh, the the treacherous, the king's treacherous younger brother slash football star, because uh, that makes the plot that much easier to follow. Sure, uh, is going to kill the king to take over because he wants to invade the um, the Navi, the Gajari the Navi. They want they want to wipe out the Nava the Navi and get the unobtainium. <laughs> from underneath their village. Are you saying James Cameron ripped off Sheena? I I'm saying he's trying to to invade this native land to get a rare mineral from underneath their town. And all I can think of is this. I, I'm watching Avatar again. I'm like stuck in the time loop. Well, you know you can't challenge it to me. Only they in, instead of unobtainium, they called it platon, uh, um, platinum, whatever that is. <laughs> you know you can't and, challenge it to me. Just so you know. 
I know, I know. We've already oh. been there. There, done here, that. That was episode seven. All right, here comes the scene. Here, I'll, I'll uh, put the audio on. Jabalani. Oh, Jesus. Excuse me. Oh, I found it tingling and delightful. <laughs> Our intended bride, Princess Senda. Cool. Just follow us, Mr. Casey. Glad <laughs> you get the oh, bags. Oh, it's just so bad. Uh, it's and, cool. and yeah, <laughs> and, and I find it interesting that, and, and of course, I mean, just because it's taking place in Africa, the white people don't have to be the bad guys. I understand that. It's not like right. we have to have that, even though they usually are. Uh, but here we have a situation where we have the king of Africa being killed. Well, they. Uh, they end the and whole movie on that, uh, that we're the bad guys. Or at least Vic Casey goes in this little, like, right, that, you know. He does, that's right, just yeah, a he, small thing. Yeah, he does that as far as, like, but he's, I mean, that's more broadly about culture and and uh, and the celebrity aspect of it. And he's talking more about the culture. What I'm getting down to is that we have a the, the king of Africa, who happens to be black, and his no, brother, who also He's talking happens. about them destroying the whole area I, to rip up the the mountain uh, let, to go get the healing me, earth if you could really let me get through my point it'd make more sense what i'm trying to say relax no no i'm just saying i mean I, I know what you're saying we mentioned that but i'm for the second time trying to go through just the setup of what i'm talking about is that the main plot has a the king of africa and the treacherous brother who's who kills him to take over the land so we have the the king of the black people and his brother kills him so he can become the king of the black people so he can destroy a town of black people to get to the rich stuff underneath in the process of doing so he hires a white person to do his work for him kills his white cohort that helps him find it and is eventually thwarted by a blonde white person that that rallies the uh, black tribe to rise up against its black oppressors so there's a bit of unevenness towards the reality of what is in the world versus what the film portrays. That's all I'm getting at. Is that there's, it's really very lopsided. We do have an evil per- white person in the film, but of course the main evil per- person is the black person. And so uh, the whites are kind of like in the middle there between the oppressor and the oppressive and they're just kind of, oh, you know, we're just kind of we're helping out when we can. I was just going more simple than that. I was just going to talk about what Vic Casey says at the end of the movie about how uh, he wasn't going to bring her back, and he wasn't going to—he was just going to get the dirt analyzed and have it reproduced, uh, and not tell them about the area because he knew the white people would come and destroy it, and just everything would be wiped well, no, out. Well, he said no, no. He's no. I mean, if you remember carefully, he said he wasn't going to take her back That's or let said. them find out about her because they would destroy her and the village he was protecting her for the healing earth no no he was protecting her from civilization he wasn't protecting the african tribe from evil white people she was protecting the 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 savage girl from from civilized society it wasn't a racial tone it was more uh again you know savage beauty versus cold, calculating, uh, opportunistic 
entertainment society. I don't know if I buy that, but well, I, I don't. I, I don't think that's exactly what he meant. That's what he said. I mean, well, he's talking about this dirt when he tell, tells her that he's not taking her back because they would want to go back there and destroy the area. What do you? What? what, what you, you sound like you're summoning an elephant right now. Uh, no, no, no. It, I, I'm just. It's two separate things. He sends the dirt out, and he's, but then he tells her why he's not taking her back with him. And I'm not talking about that. That, but that's the same scene. That's the scene we're talking about. Yeah, it is about. the same scene. But I was just specifically talking about how... Forget it. Let's move on. Let's just move on. Seriously. She's a blonde She's a blonde white girl rallying the African tribe to protect themselves against the rulers of Africa. Who in right. this film aren't aren't the white apartheid. It's just... It's just King Jumbandi. Jabalani. So there's a lot... So there's a lot of reality Jumble, being ignored Jumble in this Lani. film, Jambalaya. Exactly. So there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, reality, uh, apartheid reality, especially being ignored in this Africa, to present us with a a uh, a whole a, a whole a whole plot of of uh, conquest and destruction of culture, but being done from within without us being the culprits. So it's a little bit insulting. A little. A little. A little bit. The scene where where, where Sheena has her hands in chains, and she's like, uh, "We too can we can we can be free." So, you know, we didn't need the white girl to tell us this. She didn't say uh, we can be free. Yeah, I'm paraphrasing, obviously, but she's talking <laughs> about them rising up. She's using. She's talking about her being chained. She's talking about being free. Well, she's talking about even up. in chains that they can beat them. Yes, you're right. The, 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 the symbology of people in chains unshackling themselves is about freeing themselves. In this case, freeing themselves from the oppression. Agreed. I won't disagree. Right. <laughs> Can you tell me why, why they have an amphibious tank when there's no water anywhere? No. Okay, I'm just curious about that. <laughs> no, I can't answer that. So, the, uh, after, the, um, well, but, uh, all right. No, go ahead. No, I was just going to say the brother, he, uh, he sets up his brother's death to make it look like the, the shaman who comes to town to talk to him the the girlfriend the two-timing girlfriend sets it up uh she just uses it well yeah but she uses that i guess they were going to do it a different way they didn't really go into it maybe they were going to poison him i don't know but she comes to town and they decide to use that as uh how the king uh gets killed no, they they were still going to use the, the arrow, but her coming to the town was like, great, we can we can frame her for it right away. They were still going to try to frame it on on that town, but then her coming in the town to try to warn him was like, they, oh, now we have a, an actual patsy, it's not just, just a generic. Oh, here's the arrow. Really convenient. <laughs> yes, very convenient. It just just as convenient as uh, uh, that being exactly where the camera was pointing when he was changing film, and other things like that. And they're pretty dumb down there because. Uh, she walks out from an area where the arrow doesn't even shoot out of, and literally five seconds after he gets shot in the in the heart with an arrow, 
uh, there's like, oh, we found her with this bow. Like five seconds later, I just yeah, they didn't. Really I, I know it's I no, they didn't time it right, and it, it, I know you have to have a little uh, what is the what is the term uh, suspension of disbelief, but it's just nah. ridiculous. It's just not a murder poorly case. done, poorly done. Not in a murder case, sir. Then that's when the, the, the belief cannot be suspended. Well, it's it's un, it's un, it's uh it's unlikely, but I'll go with it. No. Yeah. Nah, and uh, oh, and and we forgot to mention Vic Casey's partner uh, Barbara from Police Academy, and also the the brother from Popeye. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's my favorite I, role. Of his was uh, as uh, Castor Oil uh, in Popeye. And, and what's yeah. interesting too is uh, I can't remember, but we just we did another film not that long ago that he was in, and we were making Police Academy references in that it was one too. Actually. It was, uh, I don't know about film, but we did do the Christmas episode, and he played the Santa Claus in the episode, uh, uh, the Christmas episode from It's Always That's, Sunny in Philadelphia. That must have been what it was. That, must that might what be what was. we were thinking, you're thinking of. Now, um, after they arrest uh, the shaman, the shaman uses it. Now, she uses the same animal thing to call Sheena, which to me seems like a cheat because I thought they just summon animals, not each other. Because right, right. that would be telepathy. Instead of animal empathy, I always well, and I, and I mentioned it earlier in the show. I, I just refer to it as you know just telepathic ability to talk to animals and whatnot. So I don't see why why they it's stupid, but why they couldn't just do it between the two of them as well. Well, then why couldn't she do it to Casey? Or why well, couldn't she do it? Why couldn't she do it to the authorities? <laughs> you have the wrong man. You know, well, I mean, why could be- why couldn't me, she do that it, to the king? Why couldn't she do that to the king? You're in danger. <laughs> uh, and believe me, this is just me uh, saying it. Uh, it. Maybe it can only be between uh, her, anyone that's really in tune with the jungle and the animals and all that bullshit. I don't know. It's, pro- it's wrong. Who, anybody I mean, who can talk to animals can talk to each other, too. Well. <laughs> I mean... Now, I don't, when, she, I don't when, know. when she summons Sheena to jailbreak her, uh, she brings the elephant, who is apparently uh, um, impervious to razor wire and electricity. Mm. Yeah. And and during the breakout scene, they play what is probably the most romantic music in the entire film. Yeah. Dun 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 dun. Dun dun dun. dun. You're 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 waiting for like the, the magic kiss, and instead it's it's like monkeys, th- you know. Well, I think they did that because that scene is actually on now. I think they did that to. To 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 have oh. Vic Casey for that love affair to just start at that moment. I, I yeah I guess and that's there was a that's what's that's it. why the music. Yeah, but but what it comes down to is is a prison break to romantic music, and it oh, just yeah, doesn't well, work. No. Yeah. And did I miss the part where the shaman was mortally wounded during the escape? Well, that's the thing, too. Uh, she wasn't. She was all fucked up before she even got in there to rescue her. So apparently they beat the living shit out of her for whatever... I mean, I don't understand why they even needed to do it, but they beat the ever-loving shit out of her to to death because she just dies later from her wounds. Um, so, hey... Again, it's Why? like you said you know, later in the film. Just shooting her would have been too easy. I just listen. They're framing her for the murder of the king. They didn't need to beat the shit out of her. 
They don't she, need she, to beat the shit out of her. Could have, they could have shot her while she escaped. I mean, they could and have they shot could, her. They, they could have shot her out there and put the bow in her hands and said, look, we saw her with the bow and arrow. We shot her. <laughs> She's End obviously the, the one that did it. Every, every every plan of this film is like, okay, I've got an idea, and I can I can end it right now, but I'm going to keep going. And I'm going to keep going. She doesn't look that fucked up either, though. No, she looks like maybe she was like shot in the arm or something. She looks like she got one good punch in the face and one good punch in the gut. Well, she was old. That way I can do it, you know? And then during well, her old death... And that's, you, that's another thing. I mean... She didn't look that old when she found her. What is it, 20 years later? How old is she? Well, they age I mean, well. They have they, they live on the healing earth. I'm, I'm assuming they age well. Are you saying she black don't crack? She needs to be like crack? 50 for all we know. Are you saying black don't crack? No, I'm saying healing earth heals all wounds. <laughs> all right, you, you've obviously never heard the term, so it's not as funny as I was going well, for. I, obviously, I haven't. <laughs> <sighs> You mentioned the part when Sheena's talking to the shaman and she's she's dying in the background. The elephant's digging the grave. Yeah, I mean the elephant fucking gets it. Sheena yeah. don't get it. The elephant's like, oh, <laughs> we're getting better. The elephant's like, no, uh, uh-uh, sorry, <laughs> ain't happening, Sheena. Don't you see what I'm doing? You think I want to do this? <laughs> I'm digging a grave with my trunk. Do you know how hard that shit is? The monkeys are building a coffin out of coconuts in the back. No. What I wanted to see was, A, the the elephant just walking over and just rolling her into this fucking thing and then start putting dirt back in, or eat her and then just shit in the hole. (laughs) I would have either taken one of those scenes. That's what I... Either, Either would have been dramatic. Very. Yeah. Very. Later on, you see the monkeys playing with her head. <laughs> Either scene ends with the elephant throwing dirt back in the hole. Right. So. And so, but Vic, Vic's there when she breaks the shaman out. She chases her. She drive. He drives his car through the jungle to find her. And then uh, there's a whole thing where they have the film that proves that the prince uh, is the one that killed the king. And so there's a whole thing about trying to get that out of Africa back to the mainland where they can. Uh, that, you know, give it to the media, and Vic is trying to. Uh, Vic's pretty much stuck with Sheena and Brian trying to protect her, and she's trying to protect him, vice versa. Mm-hmm. And it's just a lot of running around and uh, a lot of nudity. I don't remember so much nudity in this film either. Quite a bit. And it's it's a PG film, and there's two almost full frontal shots. When I say almost, um, they're not frontal; they're side. Uh, but full side nudity with like nipple. That's that for me. That's enough. I mean, you see her from the waist up twice in the movie, one when she's bathing, and then one actually we both sur- times she's going swimming, and then the second time is with Vic Casey. Uh, right. You just see her from the waist up, so oh, I mean, you it's see still her not full a length. full. F- from the side, you see her full length. Full both length. Scenes. Yeah, you yeah. see her directly from the back. Then she turns to the side, side. so you see like three quarters of her. Yeah, I'm saying yeah. It's a side shot. It's not like a three, like where she like she just turns her shoulders. You you see side everything. It's a side. It's full side nudity. Yep. PG. Yeah. Parental guidance. Oh, let's also not forget uh, <laughs> at the end. Um, uh, what's his name? The lead singer from Judas Priest. He takes a uh, spear to the throat. 
<laughs> yeah, he sh- and and not in a nice way either. For not an not and not, and just not, the way he thrusts it into his throat, it's not one of those not, cutaway scenes either. You see it. Say it's not an off-camera dagger in the uh, spear in the throat. It's a yeah. Now this is going into your throat. It's like oh, <laughs> and then and we're gonna watch you die. <laughs> Slide yep. down the tree. We watch him die after on taking his the knees. No, well, on his back. He's leaning against the tree. Yeah, but he slides uh, but, onto his knees. I wouldn't say on his knees. He was still leaning back. He was on his knees. But uh, I, I'm just saying. I, I don't think he's on his knees. You should watch the movie again. Uh, well, it's it's playing. And, uh, We're never going to get to that part. Uh, this is a two-hour movie, for Christ's right. sakes. It's a pretty graphic scene for a PG movie, besides all the nudity. Besides it, yep. <laughs> I mean, up until that point, I was thinking, well, yeah, all right. A lot of nudity, <laughs> but PG, whatever. And then, like, the... the the spear in the throat, right in the Adam's apple, and that's that was a pretty brutal. And it's it's, it's a long scene because it stops. It's not just a quick boom, boom, boom. It's like he holds it there and he like points the gun. The gun doesn't fire. He's like, oh, you Apparently, it's Japanese, and just and he pulls it out again. Well, and the thing is too, he he loads the gun. He gets it. He gets one bullet in there. Right. And he pulls a trigger once. He doesn't try and pull. He he doesn't try and pull it five more times. He only has one bullet in it because he just put one bullet in there. I but if he, he, tr- if he yeah, but if dud. he clicked it, well, I don't know about that. What do you mean? You don't know about that? He put a bullet in there. Right. He didn't right. spin the chamber. He closed it so he knew where the bullet was, and that was why he was going to do the one shot. But listen, right, I now, got a spear I'm, in my throat. I'm clicking more times. Yeah, I, that's just what I would do. A, now, on the one hand, I'm going to say he's a professional. He knows where the bullet is. When it doesn't go, he's done. Then again, if he was so professional, he would have had a fucking speed ro- loader on him. So let's, you know, it, it can go either way. If he was such a professional, he would have at least tried to put a second bullet in there. But that's me. I, well, you, hey, if you know what you're doing, you don't one bullet, one kill. <laughs> There's a scene in the film, too, where... He's got his shirt off, and he's supposed... I guess he's supposed to be, like, the muscle. And he doesn't mm-hmm. have any of that. He just looks like an extra that got cut out of Raiders of the Lost Ark. I, I just dug the looks guy like some guy that didn't the, make it. I like the guy in the back of the Jeep. Uh, with the, sh- the, the, the black guy with the shades carrying, the, the, the like, the minigun. Oh. <laughs> he was, like, right out of Predator. Like he's like he was that was like the Jesse Ventura of this film that we never got a chance to see. I ain't got time to bleed. Which gave me an idea for a tobacco. great remake of Yeah, and they should have a, a remake of Predator where it's a, a group of mercenaries go into the jungle to try to save uh you know, do a rescue mission and instead end up being hunted down and killed by a blonde model. <laughs> I think it'd be awesome. Hey, why not? Schwarzenegger back in it. No one ugly but uh, actually you're pretty good looking. I'd, I'd see it. <laughs> I'd watch it. Uh, Instead of being invisible, she just like like she like just descend on the on the vine. They had her swinging on a lot of vines in this film. Sure did. Oh, and there's that one shot during the the uh, jeep scene at the end, where it's supposed to be Sheena riding at the jeep, full full throttle, and who the whatever man they got to be the stand-in for her 
didn't quite cut it even at that distance. No, no. Like the hair looks even looks dark. It's just like whatever they put on his head didn't work. The legs are way too muscular. It's like that's not even a woman, let alone Sheena. And I had that horse go head first right in the sand. It's like, is this necessary? <laughs> yes. Obviously. I loved it when uh, the two Jeeps collided, too. And he comes, Casey comes flying out on fire. Ah, <laughs> fatal burn wounds. <laughs> I hear they're painless. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was the weirdest line. Like, all, I can think, all I can think of to say is, shit. Like, what? <laughs> It's like I should have really? turned. <laughs> yes, Any, anything but just shit. It was just, it was a, it was like a weird stab at humor during a, uh, a scene where the guy is like dying from third degree burns all over like seventy percent of his body. It's like, I don't know if, if one liners is what we're aiming for in the scene here, guys. I think dial it back a bit. Just a tad. <laughs> yeah, just I mean, from tap. the neck up, he's fine. Which apparently you can't, you can't go any further with the healing earth. Neck up, you're on your own. Yeah, you, you, head wounds are really a no-go there. Yeah. I still think it'd be funny it. when they drove in, they hit, like just took his head off when they came in at the end. <laughs> Nick, no! But wouldn't that heal back, though? If he's in there, maybe. Just another one just grows out of that spot. A less attractive... Well, when when they hit, when they hit, you know, when they when they they skid and they hit the brakes and like the dirt flies up, Holly was like, "Well, now he's got dirt in his eyes." And I said, "Well, it's it's the healing dirt, so it'll heal yeah, the eye. Twi- you'll have twenty twenty. Yeah, exactly. It'll it'll heal. It's the wound it causes. So yeah, the, he- now, the healing earth has to be trickier than that, but I, I, it makes sense to me. Can we talk about real quick just all the upskirts in this movie? Oh no, not at all. Unacceptable. Unacceptable. Um, there's at least three really good ones. The best one is in the clip that I played in the beginning of uh, the show, where you actually see this the thong that she's wearing actually thongs right into her vagina. So when she bends back, you uh, you see vagina. Well, you see because you're looking, and I'm looking real hard too. <laughs> yeah. I'm really trying to see. It was, and it, it was one of the things that I talked about in the last episode before I knew you were going to challenge me to it. Was that because she was in Beastmaster and I brought up Sheena about how I could have sworn, because I hadn't seen this since I was a kid, that there was a scene in the movie where he's looking up where she's climbing something. I didn't know, I didn't remember if it was a tree or not, but she's climbing something and I'm like, I could swear you could see her vagina. And I was right. And it was actually better than I remembered. Because it thongs her vagina. <laughs> Just like our uh, mechanical penis video that you can see on our YouTube page. Mm-hmm. It's exactly like that. And if you haven't seen it, you should go to our YouTube page now. YouTube.com slash MovieSucktastic and find it. You know what? I, didn't remember, I hardly remembered any of this film, but this scene that just came up here, it was the one scene I remembered the minute it came up to it, where he has the tape recorder says... I am no fool. Words are not like the wind. Well, words are the, words are like the wind. They cannot be carried home. And he records it and plays it back to her. Yeah. Don't it don't just, don't ask me why that line stuck in my head. But like I knew the line before it came out. Oh, I don't remember. I don't That's, remember a lot of the lines in this movie at all. 
I remember specifically that part. Everything else was like watching it for the first time, but I specifically remember tape recorder. I am not a fool. Wind, words are like the wind. They cannot be carried home. <laughs> and he plays I'm it not, back. It, He's like, who's stupid even, now? Yeah. Ha, ha. I, ha, 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 ha. Miss, Miss Jungle Lady. Ha. <laughs> the water that the trucks drink. What did Who you refer that? to them as? Soldier wagons? Who wrote the wagons that the the water that the wagons drink? Who the wrote that? Wagons, the soldier wagons. I'll tell you who wrote that. Somebody that actually has some decent shit under his belt. The fuck. The water that the wagons drink. Come on. David Newman and Leslie. No, David Newman and uh, what is it? Lorenzo. Is it Lorenzo? Lorenzo something. And both both. Um, both uh, screenwriters, they got some decent shit under their belt. Lorenzo Semple Jr., David Newman, uh-huh. in his repertoire, um, Bonnie and Clyde, What's Up Doc, All Superman, right. Superman Three, Superman Three. Oh, is this the guy that I was actually with that one time? I wonder yeah. if this. I wonder if this is him. No, isn't that the guy that wrote Superman Four? Different was it Superman three or four? I'm trying to remember which one four. it was. Four, Quest for Peace. I remember you specifically oh, it f- saying it was okay, Quest for Peace. I was like, damn, Sorry. I think I know this person. Yeah. Yeah, yeah the one guy's got Superman, Superman three under his belt, so that's like a negative right there. Even though I yeah, like the film, come on. Can't but at call the beginning of his career, you know, he's doing films like Bonnie and Clyde and What's Up Doc, uh, even, you know, Bad Company. So, I mean, not a Riding lot of death. good things under his belt. <laughs> yeah. But Lorenzo Semple, stuff. he's got more, you know, you know, like he's got uh, Papillon. Um, he did Three Days at the Three Days of the Condor. He wrote that. Uh-huh. Um, uh, then he did King Kong, but the one with Jessica Lange. But then he did now, Flash Gordon. He wrote Flash Gordon too. Okay, now but now eighties cheese fest, mind, but still. Let's keep in mind stuff like Three Nights of the Condor, uh, Three, three days. days of the Condor. That's based off of a novel, so there's dialogue and stuff that's just being transferred to the screen. You can still fuck so, that. but still, I'm, I'm just saying, saying he's got some decent wise, things under his belt too. Okay, but the dialogue is still pretty atrocious in Sheena. Oh, it's awful. No, right. all I'm pointing out is that you have two screenwriters that have, up until this point, were doing halfway decent stuff, and then they collaborated on Sheena, and it just went all out the window. That's all I was saying. I, you know, if you call Santa Claus the movie halfway decent, okay. Moonwalker. There you he go. did that after Sheena. Even better. It doesn't. I'm talking about pre Sheena. Superman two and three. If Even Superman com- one. If, come on. If, you, if you're gonna Superman if you're gonna compare not. it to Sheena, I didn't say amazing stuff. I didn't say great stuff. I said decent. Where are you taking my definition of decent? I'm, I'm just saying that the dialogue in Superman is not that hot either, so I, I, it doesn't. It, it kind of proves my point. Who's got me? This is so exhausting. Who's got you? <laughs> fucking exhausting. <laughs> you exhaust me, sir, like an what? ex-girlfriend. I'm, I'm just saying it's not the best screenwriting. That's I never said it was the best or... Uh, I'm not arguing with you. Summoning a tiger right now is what I'm doing. And I wasn't a fan of the Parallax to begin with, so. 
I thought it was pretty... I don't know. Anyway. Have we, uh... Have we, have we gotten our fill out of Sheena? Is there anything else to touch Dash base Gordon on? Was before she- yeah, four years. I cannot believe that Flash Gordon was before Sheena. I, oh. I would swear it's the other way around. <laughs> it really, it's like a, it's like taking a step backwards. That's sad. I still like Flash Gordon. So do we oh, want to go ahead and Gordon. do we want to go ahead and I, rate this on IMDb? I, is there anything else we missed when we were talking about Sheena? I mean, we, we discussed we, the we brought the up zebra. everything. The, the Zors, we mentioned the Tanya zebra, Roberts' vagina, her vagina, uh-huh. any upskirts, uh, the romantic subplot, um, the the the. The uh, mischievous <laughs> All right, brother. All right, I want to I want to underline one one of my favorite bad dialogue scenes. Okay, is when she when she when she crafts the flaming arrow out of a, a reed, hay, and a Swiss Army knife. Yeah, <laughs> and she says, "It is a good arrow," and then Vic Casey is like, "But it is, but it is top heavy," and she puts three fingers under it and holds it. And he goes, "Yes, by three fingers." Which, but they never correct it either. I. They just go but, with the arrow they made. Right, but but even then, like it's not like she she measures anything out. She just holds three fingers under it and weighs it. Goes yes by three fingers. If she had put two fingers under it, would there have been a difference? No. I. There, it's just it was just like a random. She, she's not pouring whiskey. What what what? <laughs> I don't know. And enough he, for and, and, enough for one second in the entire film that I believe that she could shoot a, f- a fucking arrow at any point. I like the part where she's she's got the arrow uh, for lack of a better word cocked <laughs> and she's following the the uh, the the uh, soldier wagon carrying the water for the wagons and she's panning and she's dragging the arrow over the bushes in front of her and I'm waiting for the whole thing just to go up in flames. So, <laughs> she's got the arrow on the front of it and yeah, at some point you're thinking, oh, she's gonna light the whole thing on fire. But mm. it, it was interesting, like you mentioned that, because she, the camera is following her, and in some of the shots it looks like they cut away a part of the, the the bush, and then in some shots it looks like, oh, this bush is a problem. Let's cut some of it away, and, <laughs> and it interweaves and, those shots. And here I want to argue the logic of the film as well, because she shoots the uh, Swiss Army arrow into through. The, the side of a, of a oil can, gasoline can, right? Which I I must I've got assuming that they're not that soft. No. But no. she enters in there and, and it catches on fire. So there's a gasoline fire all over the gasoline cans in the back of the truck, and a helicopter flies in, hovers over it, and puts out the gas fire. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm almost now, positive that that's not possible. I'm no expert. Uh, never claimed to be, but. I always read that air makes a fire breathe better. The more air you add to a flame, the bigger it's going to get. That's and that, that helicopter it. comes in and puts a ton of air on it. It it blows out a, a fuel a gasoline fire, and I don't think you can actually blow out a gasoline fire. I'm pretty sure if, if, if yeah. that's how that worked, all all they have to do is send helicopters over forest fires and just let them hover there. Yeah, uh, if anything, it's going to make the fire worse. But right. so it if, puts it out. If, if, if they want us to believe helicopters can put out gasoline fires by hovering there, I'm willing to believe that helicopters can be killed by flamingos. Yeah. 
So I, I'm, I'll, I'll let that go full circle. And just one more thing on the zebra uh, painting on the horse. Is there anything that would have prevented them from just saying, I mean, I'm assuming there are wild horses in Africa too, right? I the, we'll say yes. Okay. So why can't she just be riding a wild horse? Why does it have to be a zebra? I know because zebra is Africa, but yeah, it's either we can get a real horse or a fake zebra. Which one's going to look better? Yeah. You know, it's interesting you mentioned that too. Because in the last episode, you mentioned in Beastmaster, why wouldn't they just use a Siberian tiger? It's still impressive. Now, right. I, I never saw any of the sequels, but do you know what they use in Beastmaster 2? A, a Siberian, Siberian tiger. Because <laughs> <laughs> they ain't killing another one of those things. Uh, don't, don't need that. That's, you know when they I'm, say wondering, just... I'm wondering if A, the tiger, it's the same tiger. And Beastmaster 2, same tiger, same name. Or B, if it is the same tiger, do they explain why he's now got the stripes? Wow. Do, do they come up with some wacky, it's like, oh, black magic. Remember that day? <laughs> you were black and now you're not. <laughs> that would be good screenwriting. That, that would be good writing, though. So I, I, I would have to say it. I seriously doubt they, nev they don't do that. Now, I've never seen either of the Beastmaster sequels, and I'm gonna, I am gonna watch them now. I have to. I have to. I need to see. I need to see that second one. Oh wow! Most of all, that's that. J just a little interesting aside here. Earlier, when I was, uh, when I told you that Tanya Roberts was a Bond girl, mm -hmm. and you were trying to guess which movie she was in, and you said Never Say Never Again, and it yeah. was actually uh, um, View to a Kill. The one screenwriter, Lorenzo Semple Jr., wrote. Never say no. never again. Wow. So uh, that that's kind of interesting. Yeah. It's almost a full circle thing. Almost, but it's not. Almost. Yeah. All right. So let's go ahead and rate this. Now, sure. it's 4.6 on IMDb. That act, To me, that's actually a little high because that's almost getting it to um, average. I agree. And I, I'm thinking of an easy four here. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't go less than that because there is some decent nudity in it. Some yeah, upskirts I was just say, and uh, uh, breasts is equal at least a four. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and you get to see, uh, you know, some underwear malfunctions with Tanya Roberts. You know, why not? So I, I like four. I think four is good. Uh, I, I I'm in agreement, and okay. I think Big Casey would be too. Four it is. Yeah. So. All right. Do you have a movie challenge for me? Uh, I kind of do, but I wanted to hear what your your you said you had a recommendation. I want to hear yours first. One recommendation. Uh huh. And it's the only film I kept thinking of when I was watching this, and it was mainly because of the kid not being kidnapped, so to say, but pretty much being held against her will. I mean, like we talked about, they could have sent her back. There's no reason why they had to keep her. So there was that. Just the kid, just the kid alone, that would be my connection if it was my challenge. The kid alone in the jungle being raised by the natives. And my recommendation would be uh, the Powers Booth film, The Emerald Forest. Wow. Well, I, I was kind of going the same line, except that film was kind of uh, 
was kind of respected when it came out, if I remember correctly. Still is. And, I mean, it's it's decent. yeah. It's like a six point nine on IMDb. Uh, I'm sure uh-huh. it's got its problems. It's a film that I grew up with, that I remembered really enjoying as a kid. I haven't seen it since. It's been a really long time. Yeah, and, and that is a good suggestion. And I'm going I'm going by the same theme, but I have to take a different direction uh, than that. Okay. Uh, I'm still going to go with the idea of a young child separated from the parents, forced to grow up, uh, you know, in the wild. Only, right. only in this in this one, instead of growing up to become uh, an Amazon an Amazon person or a uh, a, a goddess to an African tribe, we, uh, this child this child we, just grows up to become a wild thing. Ah, uh, we talked about that briefly in last episode. Yes, we did. And and, yeah. and the more I thought about it, it was either that or View to a Kill. And I'm thinking Wild Thing is where I want to go because I have not seen this film since I was a child. And again, at the time, Cinemax always boasted that it had the most films playing on its channel every single month. I mean, it would have like these like you know 500 movies this month on uh, you know 500 movies this month on. Cinemax. Somebody just tried to call us during the show. Ah, uh, really? Yeah, but you should have answered. Im- no, immediately it was like called and then they disconnected. Um, oh, I'm wondering okay. if it's anyone watching live. Possibly. Uh, uh, but anyway, it. it uh, I lost my train of thought completely. <laughs> Cinemax, 500 movies. Oh right, right. And this was one of those films. Wild Thing was one of those films that was played a lot on Cinemax. It's how I caught it. Um, and I had... Didn't I say I had that on a tape last yes. episode? Yes, you did. Yeah. With, I had, with, like, I had it on Solar Babies films. and The Wraith. Yes, that, that's exactly what. And that, yeah. and that still curves my spine just thinking about that, those three films existing <laughs> on the same videotape. I can't... No. No. But uh, yeah, my, my I don't know if it's available anywhere, but we'll have to find it. Wild thing, I, I it has to be done. I just I think we need to stick to an '80s theme here, and and this this uh, the yeah, only other get, option we're, is we're getting your, uh, we're we're getting a call right now. Should we answer it? Sure, go ahead. All right. Hey, you're live on the show. Hey, how you guys doing? Hey, it's Gino Cuddy. Uh, you know what? It killed Scott's uh, connection when I answered your call. So, oh, I did. Yeah. Sorry about that, man. No, no, it's okay. Um, what I'd have to do is I'd have to bring you in. As uh, hold on a second, let me see. There we go. Now you're on. Got it. Everyone's in. Scott, you there? Hi, guys. Yeah, I'm here. So Gino Cuddy's on the line. He's live on the show. Yeah. How you doing, buddy? Oh good. Uh, oh, about uh, about Sheena. I uh, yeah, just wrote on uh, <laughs> on uh, Facebook. I put uh, watching movies fantastic. Uh, I put Sheena, my weena, Tanya Roberts. Cool. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Appreciate that. And oh, uh, did uh, Scott happen to drop uh, a comment about uh, my thoughts on a certain Sandra Bullock George Clooney film? I don't think so. We that, have that's uh, the, uh, that. That would be in the voicemail that we haven't gotten around to playing yet. That was supposed yeah. to be next episode. <laughs> we uh, we actually apologize for that. Uh, right before we uh, we went on, I meant to grab the audio from your uh, your your voicemail, and I just didn't have time to do it. Well, uh, you guys were talking about uh, recommendations. Well, there's like this one movie. 
that I think, and, and and there's a couple of films that I have that you know would be like right up your guys's alley. Um, you know, and, and this goes like with the whole sword and sorcery theme. I mean, you know, I don't know if this would fit in, but like those old Steve Reeves type films, you know, with like, I mean, those were in fact released in America, so it falls under your guidelines. So, but was and, it released uh, theatrically? Yeah, yeah, I think. Yeah, but the box office was a different thing, like way back then. I mean, I I, I think anything anything be before a certain point. Uh, when you get to the grind houses and like the the movie re- uh, the newsreels and all that stuff, uh, where the you know you could go to a movie theater for a nickel and, and just like stay there all day and watch stuff, it had a different kind of uh, weight than it does now with the whole. All right, we're going to go see a movie for a couple hours, then leave and go do other stuff. And I, I think that kind of hits around the 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 fifties or sixties. So I think any anything be- pre sixties is when you're getting into a kind of area where where Hollywood was kind of like, I don't know, it was just it was it was like the main it was it was the main entertainment, so it didn't have that kind of special. Okay, we're spending millions of dollars here to make a film. So they didn't have that weight to it. I mean, I'm not saying we wouldn't do it, but it, it's it, the lines blur when you when you go back far enough to like Steve Reeves stuff and uh, like the serials that kind of thing. Because that's yeah. basically because the serials are basically like television for movies. Yeah, and, and I had like two more in mind. Uh, you know, I was writing in the, the live stream chat, uh, but my computer connection is awful. So, you know, right as I tried to call you, my connection dro- drops, so don't feel too bad. Uh, another, there are two more films. One is unrelated to what you guys are currently doing with uh, The Beastmaster and uh, Sheena. The, the, the other film that I think, you know, it combines not only Sheena, but a film that I asked you guys to review a while back. Eight. It's called Mighty Peking Man from, I believe, 1977. It was a Shaw Brothers type thing. And it was, again, one of those things that capitalized on King Kong. But, you know, it sort of ties in with Sheena because you have Evelyn Kraft, you know, dancing with the tigers and, you know, slow battle disco montages and, and everything. And she's wearing, like, she's wearing, like, a Sheena outfit throughout that film as well. So it combines both things. All right. It was uh, it was a and Quentin Tarantino actually released it under his Rolling Thunder uh, video label. Its other name is uh, Goliathon. Mm-hmm. Goliathon. Now, if I looked that up, that would be uh, the the Peking title. That would be the one yeah. that I would find it. Yeah, under. it would probably be under that. Okay. Um, and again, our guidelines are: if it was released theatrically, it would it would fall under there. Um, we'd have to look and see if that was released theatrically, and if it is. We would definitely take it under consideration to review it at some point. Because actually, that's a film that I had never seen. So I, I just want to, you know, people say, ooh, Mighty Peking Man is better than Eight. But, you know, I, when I look at I've heard Ape, that often. <laughs> I know. You were, you were going to town on the two seamen on the boat, you know, going to town. And, you know, I no, was no, no, think- the, the, the two seamen on the boat were going to town on each other. That's, 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 <laughs> that, that, was my, that, that was what I was getting at, but... And, and, and uh, I think it was you, Scott, who asked uh, about, you see, because I'm like, I've, re- I've done my research on this film. You know, I, I've tried my hardest to find out anything I could about it. You know, and I have, like, connections. I have a friend named Matt Payne who does a lot of 3D stuff, and he has some connections. Um, I'm thinking, and this has been rumored, but I'm thinking the person in the ape suit was actually none other than the director, Paul Leader, because it was so low budget. I think it was actually him in that, in that ape suit. 
Mm-hmm. No, you, you actually mentioned that in your in the uh, the uh, voice message we played on the up show after that episode. Yeah. Oh yeah. And, and I thought that was a pretty pretty cool piece of information there. Definitely. Yeah, and you know the the whole film, you know, and and, and Paul Leader, you know, his his other films, you know, I mean, after you see that film. You, you would have to go in and, and, and see some of his other work, like uh, like I, I just watched it like recently. Uh, I just remember Mama, which wasn't really about what was in its title, and, and then he did some weird films. He did like two films with like pre Golden Girls Rue McClanahan. <laughs> he he did uh, one called Five Minutes to Love, where he plays like a junk dealer, and, and he has like this whole spiel in there. He's awesome in that. You know, he's like. He, I, I, I watched the first five minutes of that, and I was, like, rolling on the floor laughing at his acting. Mm-hmm. And, you know, then the other film that I was considering you guys, you know, cause for, you know, because it's a bad movie, and, you know, sort of ties in with, you know, the unfortunate uh, past, recent passing of uh, Bob Hoskins, who played Eddie Valiant in Roger Rabbit. Ah! Uh, all right, I gotta stop you here because I'm getting really fucking annoyed. Not 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 you, Gino, uh, but Bob Hoskins, great actor, wonderful actor, lifelong actor, been in a ton of films. And when he dies, every single news article is Roger Bob Rabbit. Hoskins, Roger Rabbit. Fuck you, no. How about Mona Lisa? How about the Long heart Good Friday? Heart <laughs> anything. I, I would get, now. I would Little go. Heart and Soul. I, Come on. That's, one more de- that's where the uh, ghost that's, Denzel no. Washington is following no. me around the whole movie. That's, that's not heart, heart condition. Heart condition. Oh, what? Was he in a film called Heart and Soul too? Then I have no idea. But heart, I know what you're talking about. Heart condition. Yeah, I mean Danny the dog. Uh, now made in Manhattan. Uh, that's getting a little silly. But I mean he's done some. Son really of the mask. Stuff. So, all oh. right. That's <laughs> the man is dead. I'll, ta- I'll take Hook. Man. I'll take Hook over anything yeah. else. Yeah. Let's, let's not. <laughs> Let's not defile the grave of the man. They haven't even buried him. <laughs> Unacceptable. No, Super I, I, Mario sure, Brothers. You know. Oh, yeah. My friend Matt Payne hates that film with a passion. You know, he, whenever I mention that film to him, he, he, he either, like, hangs up on the Skype call or, 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 or he just stops talking to me. There's a, there's a group for people that, that didn't like Super Mario Brothers. You, you, know, you, know, where Super, you know what should have happened oh, to Super Mario Brothers as soon as it came out? should have went to that... Uh, they should have went to that, uh, you know, should have went to that uh, New Mexico landfill where all the, where they found all the ET uh, Atari games. That's where it should have gone. Yeah, but those reels are heavy, and that's kind of like that's uh, that's kind of <laughs> like uh, yeah, that and all the DVD, VHS, and Laserdisc copies. Is there a Laserdisc Super Mario Brothers? Oh God! Of course <laughs> there is. It came out in '93. That doesn't and, mean. And, and, oh, speaking of, uh, dude, come on. Last press Laserdisc was in 2001. Yeah, but they didn't release every film in existence on Laserdisc. There's still they a chance. Yeah, even Leonard sure did on Laserdisc. They fucking did. They but there really is a Laserdisc did. for Superheroes. Yeah, they did, so right, never mind. Now, you know who who did just die, though? That's actually on par uh, for what we're reviewing. That uh, Lorenzo Semple Jr. He died a month and a half ago. Oh. Oh. Wow. Mar- March 28th, 2014. So it's oh, uh, yeah, I remember hearing a month about ago. That. He died a, a little, little more than a month by a couple yeah, of days. Yeah, you know, my whole feeling on, on his King Kong, I mean, I, I liked it for what they were trying to do, but, you know, in a way, you know, I mean, I don't know, you know, the whole message of the film, you know, because of that film, it's like, 
it was speaking to like the economic it was like speaking to the economics and they had like a hippie character in Jeff Bridges. I don't know, you know, if the, if that film's dated well with time. I mean, you know, I, I like it. Of course, of course it hasn't. Uh, no, I, I think it dated perfectly with time. It's about evil corporate uh, uh, oil company, actually an oil company that's that's uh, you know destroying nature. That's that's very top. Well, yeah, it's BP. A, yeah, exactly. I, 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 like thought, I thought we were Brad actually Pitt. talking about the quality of the film. <laughs> oh no, he's well, he's talking about if it stands up as far as like uh, as message. far as the plot goes. And, sure, yeah, that's still. Oh the, yeah, like yeah. okay, like I mean, right. if I had to choose between the 2005 Peter Jackson thing and the 76, I'd totally choose the 76. Uh, ditto. Yes. Just cause <laughs> because nothing, why nothing. would you put freaking tenacious D Jack Black in a role as serious as Carl Denham? I mean, come on, that was just. Uh, you know, that's the thing with Hollywood. They get whoever's popular and put them in the most unfitting roles. I can't stand that. Like Sandra Bullock. Yeah, and then and that, that god-awful Gulliver's Travel film he did. I'd rather watch the 1939 animated movie than watch his Gulliver's Travel, see him peeing on a building, and then see him fighting robots. The Extra points if you know who did that one. Of robots. Extra points if you know who did the animated Gulliver's Travels. Max Fleischer and David Fleischer, Paramount good Pictures. For, good for you, man. I, I'm going to say that nothing beats the 1977 God uh, King Kong, where they they have him chained up to a giant gas pump. <laughs> and, and but you know that, what I'd like to see as a curiosity the extended TV cut of the of the 76 King Kong. You know, with all with that was like a three hour long or something that NBC split up into two things and aired one one night and. The, and the other part the other night? Because there is, I think that people did record that out there, so it sort of made the rounds as sort of like a bootleg type thing, the extended TV cut. That's what I'd like to get my hands on and see, and see if it makes the film any any better. But, yeah, I mean, but for me, personally for me, I mean, I love bad movies, and that's the, that's the thing that drove me to you guys. If I had to choose between Ape and King Kong 1976, I'm sorry, I would have to choose Ape. Because, you know, in what other film do you see a giant monster turn to the camera and shoot <laughs> you the bird and not even caring at all? In what other film do you see that happen? You know, uh, that's... Well, well uh, the ape did flip the bird towards the camera in uh, the remake of The Incredible Shrinking Man, The Incredible Shrinking Woman. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Lil, yeah, the gorilla Lil does Tomlin. get the fingers... Lee Tomlin, well, yeah. Which, well, which they had must the, have done that like as a tribute then. I don't know if it was a tribute. I mean, the gorilla's giving the finger is funny. It, going ape, the, the the monkeys gave the finger repeatedly. Uh, yeah. But, but uh, and don't forget. The people don't who forget, watched it gave it the finger. And don't forget the, uh, hey, don't you bet to talk going ape. A uh, little song and dance that goes a long way. Um, <laughs> Personally, I think uh, right King, Kong, King Kong lives yeah, and, with Linda Hamilton was the bee's knees, but that's me. I was in cat's pajamas. Uh, but th don't forget that the uh, Incredible Shrinking Woman, uh, next to Looker, has the best fake uh, commercials ever. I always... Best uh, fake commercials ever? I think the best fake commercials of all time have to be the ones that John Chris Lucy did for Ren and Snippy, but that's on another... We're talking yeah. films! You can't, you can't yeah, 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 I know. <laughs> well, Gino, I want to thank you for calling in. We're, we're going to have to wrap oh, up. Oh, another film that, I, that I'd like yeah. for you guys to see at some point would be uh, the... The Fred Owen Ray 1990 film *Evil Tunes*. No, yeah, no, we we did get that recommendation. We're we're debating that one. That's like iffy right now. 
Yeah, that oh, might have right. to might that might have to fall under a different category because it doesn't fall under the guidelines of a theatrical release at all. That was but a straight it, to video. But it's definitely on the list because it has Madison on it, who I'm told is a, a porn star. Um, oh, I'm actually friends with her on Facebook. Really? Yeah, she's like a tattoo artist now, and she and she's like moved past that life, and you know she posts a lot of things, you know, relating to spiritualism and and Buddha. She's totally moved past that point in her life, so not she doesn't want to talk long. about it. She's what fifty now? Probably well, not. yeah, but she still looks really good. I mean, I, I've seen pictures of her, and she still looks like really good. I mean, I she's aged like, real well. I think I'd like to get one of my tattoos from a former porn star turned Buddhist. I, th I think that would be a nice change of pace. Definitely. Me, me as well. I mean, hey, yeah. let, let's schedule a, a, an appointment, all three of us. And, and, <laughs> and you know what? In honor of the show, in honor of the show, we, we, we could put like the word, jo like Joey could have the word movie, I could have the word suck, and then Scott, you could have tastic, and then if we ever go to a ball game and we want to advertise the show, just take off our shirts and uh, hopefully the TV screen picks us up. Well, I for one am glad I didn't get stuck with suck. And I was, I was, and I was just afraid you were going to say something other than shirts. So we're good there. Uh, we're good. But but uh, thanks for calling in. We're gonna have, we're trying to wrap up here so we can do our other show. So I just want to say thank you and say goodbye to you, and uh, thanks for calling in. You're welcome. Anytime. Catch you later, right. man. Thanks, Gino. Catch you Talk later. All right. So. Wild thing. Wild thing is our next is our next challenge coming up next Thursday. And uh, for those of you who uh, are uh, listeners of this show but don't know about our other show, do a search on iTunes for Strangers in a Strange Land because we're going to record that right now. That's right. All right. Uh, go to our YouTube page. YouTube? What the fuck was that? Go to our iTunes page and download all YouTube of our page shows. Too, don't we? we do have a YouTube page. We have We have a lot of fans on the YouTube page, plus we have hundreds of thousands of views for our videos as well which is awesome anyway you can go to our itunes page and get all our shows there you can leave us some some delight delightful reviews we'll we'll appreciate that uh very much you can go to we our website do. at moviesucktastic.com you can listen to our show there you can download the show there you can watch the show there live uh, which, if you don't want to do it there, you go to livestream.com slash moviesucktastic. You can also leave us voicemail at 908-514-4470. You can leave us email at themovieguys at moviesucktastic.com. You can go to our Tumblr page at moviesucktastic.tumblr.com. We also have a Facebook page at facebook.com slash moviesucktastic. And we have a YouTube page as well, which youtube.com slash moviesucktastic or you can just do a search for moviesucktastic in YouTube and all our videos come up you can also do a search for us on your favorite uh, search engine uh, just do a search for moviesucktastic and everything we have comes up one way or another because we rock because we rock uh, next week join us for episode 141 which we'll be reviewing that's your point wild thing wild thing <laughs> sorry sorry I threw you off uh, that about does it does so let's it? get the hell okay. out of here you got anything right. to add yes what's that I am not a fool I am not a fool words are like the wind they cannot be taken home oh yeah click 
take that, take that, bitch. Shit, no. <laughs> Did I go too far? Sorry. A little far. All right, everyone. Sorry Talk to you that. next week. Bye bye. bye. Vagina.